Hi, my name's Kay Granzo, and I play for Brentwood High School, and you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Pleasant welcome to you wherever you may be. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Hello, everybody. Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton, Christian Capozzi. Guys, hit it. What's up? How you doing? We are at the midway point for a lot of teams around the area. And Scott, what are you doing? He's just getting a <laughs> kick was, out of the oh, podcast. See, he said he brought up kicker first. <laughs> I thought you were going to say kicker at the what? beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I, I tried. Oh, dang it, guys. Come on. Y'all killing me here. It's World War. Thirty seconds in, and we got it knocked out. Okay, well done. Okay. <laughs> kickers, gotta, ha- gotta have them. Apparently, if you're Brentwood, you're thanking your kicker this week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, a lot of good games to get to from from last week, and then we'll pick ten or try to pick ten winners for who you got this week. Try is the key word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Attempt. Uh, yeah. We, Fail we, miserably. We are we are all in the same boat this week. After after last week, beat us up pretty good, but. We'll just, uh, Choose ten random games. I guess. I was say, can we get a dartboard? <laughs> hey, we'll flip a coin, see what happens. Yeah, might do I'll better. miss the dartboard. Hit the cat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Uh, on 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 with it. Um, last week, Brentwood Ravenwood was our game of the week. The Battle of the Woods. I got to go out there to see that, and uh, a, a very very good atmosphere. Kudos to Brentwood and Ravenwood. Their student sections both brought it. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. A fun game to cover. And uh, Brentwood comes right with a 25-14 victory, and basically doing exactly what they wanted to do is slow Ravenwood down. Um, Ravenwood likes to go fast. Brentwood wouldn't let him do it. Uh, was really impressed with the way Kate Granzo, uh, who you just heard at the top of this podcast, was able to connect with Mark Walker Merrill. Ten catches for Merrill. Merrill's going to be a really good one to look forward to next year as well. Um, just, a, just an overall really good game plan from Brentwood, and I honestly think that they could have played even better. After the win, I spoke with Kay Granzo, and uh, this is a bit of what he said. How you feel right now? I feel great. Um, our team worked really hard for it, and just uh, you know, I feel like we deserved this win, and we put in the effort, and uh, we executed very well, and just uh, all glory to God. You know, four field goals offensively early on, and then you guys finally punch a couple yeah. in. And all. What was the difference in the second half offensively to get you to a touchdown? Um, I mean, we, we we got in the red zone knowing that we had to execute, and, you know, we only got field goals. So, you know, we said we need to step it up, and then we ended up punching in those touchdowns. The short passing game, screens, bubbles, jail breaks and all that, but then your tight end breaks up and pops one in. Mm. How big was him getting open to, to just get you It was great. Austin's rally is a hard worker. You know, he works hard and just, you know, he deserves that. Doesn't get many touchdowns, big blocker, but... You know, I got to touch on that. Yeah, the whole day, of course, the Battle of the Woods, big rivalry. You know, what were you feeling up to game time? I was feeling peaceful and calm. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I was praying a lot. And, you know, I knew with, when God was with me that nothing could stand against. Hell, last year you guys won the regular season, but you lost in the playoffs. There's a possibility that round two comes again this time. You know, what do you guys have to do if you see Ravenwood again in the playoffs? we gotta, we got to work harder. I mean, obviously, I, mean, I don't think this was our best game. And I think that it wasn't their best game either, and we both know that. But, uh, you know, we just need to execute more and just, you know, work harder. You guys have found a way to beat some pretty top-level opponents. I mean, how good do you feel about this team right now? I feel great about this team. We got really good chemistry together. Everybody, it's like a brotherhood here. and just. Uh... Oh, yeah, I, 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 we knew that going into this game was going to be a tough game. But uh, one thing we talked about last week was that what the effect that the Pulaski game would have on Ravenwood. And, and Matt Daniels actually says – that the Raptors were tired. Now, it's not an excuse. I mean, the, you know, 
Brentwood did some great things. I mean, their their kicking game, and and aside from the kicker, aside from making the field goals, there were no kickoff returns, no punt returns in that game. No, not for Ravenwood. He, they specifically went out to negate the speed of Ravenwood. And now here's my conversation with Brentwood head coach Ron Crawford after their win. You watched Ravenwood put 61 points up last week. So defensively, where did you kind of pinpoint to try to slow them down? Well, one thing was we wouldn't go onside kick it every time and give them a short field. Yeah. So, you know, we needed to. Our deal was to try to make them drive the football. You know, and, and don't let it get don't let it get thrown over our heads. Make them drive it. They've got so explosive and so talented. They were able to get. Explosive plays, they were only in the red zone like 23 times in four games. So they've had so many explosive plays this year. You know, that kind of team you want. And when he ran around, our kids did a good job of latching on the receivers and, and making him have to pull it down and keep it. And, um, you know, they just executed what we asked them to do really, really well. A bit of a tempo game, too. They want to go fast. You guys kind of slowed it down on them. It seemed to work in your favor, didn't it? It's, uh, man, they're awful talented, and we did not want to play fast. Yeah. We wanted to huddle up and give our kids a chance to get in a good play and, and uh, rest our defense. And, and um, you know, we, uh, um, you know, still snap that thing too early sometimes. But, uh, uh, yeah, we had planned to slow the thing down if we could. Now, offensively, four field goals for a little bit. The offense was just kind of stalling the red zone. But then Granzo steps up and hits a tight end, pops wide open for a score. How yeah, big was that play? Great call. It was an unbalanced deal. And um, we knew from the sideline that they didn't see it. And if we got it off, it would be sick. So, um and he executed it, and we've worked it and never used it, so it was fun to pull those out and execute them. I know what happened last year. You guys won the regular season and lost in the playoffs. What has to change to, to make that kind of not happen again this time? Man, I think what you do is you got region games. You try to win your region games, and that's a long way off. You know, we need to try to play better next week. You know, don't let this define us. Get our head back together, and let's see if we can beat CPA on homecoming. Awesome. Congratulations. Right, Appreciate thank you, it. Thank man. you. Appreciate it. Hey, Charles. Coach. Every time this is the battle of the woods, just every time you think one team's gonna win it, it's always it's always the other way. And if somebody pulls out a stop like Brentwood does, uh, they change up an idea or a mentality. Usually, you see these guys; they want to sprint down the field and go as fast as they can. You know, they they do what they have to do to win. Well, it, and and the you know coach was right. You could tell there was a game plan, and it was executed very very well. So they were very well prepared in this game for a Ravenwood team. And I think we're going to see this game come November once again. I think, I think they're going to find a way to play each other. And it just always oh. – it always works out that way. Yeah. This little segment of that bracket in, in 6A is going to be really fun to keep track of, especially like in the second round because you're going to have some matchups that, that are going to be some barn burners. The, quarter, the quarterback play in that entire region, especially the top three teams, is so impressive. Uh, Ravenwood uh, with Garcia, uh, Brentwood, as we've already brought up, uh, Granzal, and then he, even though in Independence uh, with Ethan Cash, those three, you're not going to find a better trio of quarterbacks in any region. Uh, and for – I said this, I think, last week, that you look at this region you go, oh, man, that's a lot of points for every team. Every team mm. puts up a lot of points. But every time these teams come back to face each other – it's, it usually boils down to defense and special teams. Yep. It, it's not about – I mean, some of these games, I know the Pulaski last week for Ravenwood was 61-47. I mean, these Brentwood-Ravenwood games are always 24-21, 27, in that, in that range. 
Um, and you know what, Brentwood, maybe that that loss last week to Henry County kind of just opened some eyes. Uh, Ravenwood just riding a high after the, the huge Pulaski Academy win that not just received publicity here, around you know the South. Right, and I think you make an excellent point is that the competition is they seem to elevate each other. These teams seem to elevate each other and play well. So when it does come down to, it comes down to minutia. It comes down to the details. It comes down, it comes down to making that right play at the right time or making that one mistake at a crucial time. And this is a crucial loss for Ravenwood. As well as they played and as high as they were ranked in the area, 4-0 going into this one. They're 2-1 and now in that region. They've got a game coming up with Dixon County this week. You would expect them to win that one. They have three non-region games and close out the year with Independence. That's, that's a long time for – and it's going to come down to possibly a home playoff game on November 1st uh, with this, this loss to Brentwood. So that's huge for the Bruins, and, and that's a huge blow – at the midway point of the season for the Raptors, uh, knowing that you got two left, but you know that big one they have with the Eagles is your final regular season game. Yeah, Independence is really the wild card here, and they control their own destiny because they play both Brentwood and Ravenwood in the second half of the season. And they're going to determine who wins this region and who loses it. So, you know, the Eagles, they have everything they want right in front of them. Well, and you know what? We talk, We bring up independence. They kind of just scooted by this past week with Franklin. I think Franklin went for the win at the end. Uh, Eagles are lucky they're 2-0 and right now in that region. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. it would have been a damaging loss for independence had they dropped that one to Franklin. But uh, they got away with it, and, and they know they've got to play a little bit better to, to do what they want to do in this region. But uh, another team that got a region win that badly needed it was CPA. You know, we talked last week. We didn't think CPA was going to be able to win this ball game. <laughs> They held BGA to jack squat, twenty-eight uh, nothing shutout. Nick Sempton helper just basically negated eighty-four yards passing is all he could muster against that CPA defense. Just a really solid all-around performance from the Lions, getting off the mat and getting to, getting their first win of the year. And it was so shocking. I think we all went, uh, we all went with uh, BGA and Sempton Felter, been putting up so many numbers and points. The fewest points they put up going into this matchup was 34. And then all of a sudden now, you know, off the scoreboard, held off the scoreboard. So that was what an unbelievable effort that was for CPA. And they're going to have to kind of turn around and do that again here real soon. Uh, they've got another non-region matchup with the Bruins we just talked about. Then they get Liscombe Academy real quick all of a sudden. It, it, um, doesn't, it doesn't get any easier because after CPA, they play Ravenwood. Yep. You know, yep. CPA schedule, they, they schedule tough for a reason. They've kind of paid the price for that with some losses early, but they might be starting to reap the benefits of that schedule right now. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. You know, we didn't know how how uh, how good or bad CPA was because they played a very hefty front-loaded schedule. This game was all about control. Uh, they, they almost doubled the time of possession of BGA. I mean, that – you know, they held, like you said, they held Simpson Felter. Uh, they harassed him all night. Uh, he, they sacked him a couple times. He just couldn't get comfortable back there. This was all on the Lions' defense. And the offense was a question going in. Their season total through four games was 26 points. They put up 28 against BGA, and 
holding them off the, the scoreboard, that's huge as well too. So, um, yeah, that's that's a big critical performance for CPA at that time to to get their first win, and that's a big win. That's their first region game of the year. So that's uh, really well done by the Lions. Yeah, with with their region play being in the second half of the season, they're actually still in a pretty good spot. I mean, they've got Lipscomb Academy they'll have to deal with for the region title, but the Lions are still, believe it or not, in, in really good shape for the postseason because you know, after – like we said, they're playing pretty much the top three teams in that region 6-6-A with the Brentwood, Independence, and Ravenwood. They're getting the competition there. But, you know, they've got Lipscomb Academy. Then they'll play their last two on the road at Good Pasture and FRA. So, you know, it's all in front of them too. Yeah, those last two are huge. You mentioned they're on the road, both of those region games for them, and especially that last one, Franklin Road Academy. That's a team that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I think they're four and one right now. Uh, Franklin Road Academy. They have been a really, really good team to this point. They've beaten some teams, um, and I think a lot of people look at the Lipscomb Academy game, and you know, the Mustangs got the best of them. But we, we see what Lipscomb's doing now. Uh, FRA that that game at the end for CPA. That's a big one. And that yep. was a re- that was a rematch of last year's Division Two Double A Championship game too. Which when we have another rematch in Division Two Single A that we want to talk about real briefly. Uh, Davidson Academy knocks off Friendship Christian 30-23. to Bryce Rawls uh, had, had a really very efficient night, 12 of 18, 231 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Yeah, yeah I think that was the biggest uh, biggest factor in this game was uh, was the passing game. Both these teams run the ball well. They, they both run the ball well. Friendship just doesn't throw it very well um, yet. I mean – Seagraves is a converted running back. Their their quarterback is out. Uh, until they get that passing game on track and as a threat, they are vulnerable. Yeah. Friendship Christian is still unbeaten in region play, though, so the loss isn't terribly hurting to them. But it's one that's going to at least make them turn around and think about it. Oh, yeah, and they've got – you mentioned uh, haven't lost in the region, 3-0. They got some games now in that region, uh, starting with the Kings Academy this week and then return home – uh, for a couple more region games, they got four consecutive region games. They can't really, they can't really spend too much time on this Davidson Academy loss because they got to get going for the next four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one more to talk about. Uh, probably the wildest game of the night. Uh, Portland is in a region with seven teams. It's a region. It was a region week last week, but they did not play a region game. They instead go to Five A West Creek and nearly pull off a, a big time comeback in the fourth quarter, but they lose fifty one to fifty. To West Creek. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you props here, Chris, because you said this would be the Caleb Mandrell show, and it nearly was. Uh, he, he had runs of 39 uh, – touchdown runs of 39 yards, 26, 2, 4, 1, and he, and he had a pass. But, it uh, once again, something at the end cost them – cost Portland the win. I, I'm, I don't know that we've ever talked about it. <laughs> what could it be? Is it rhyme with stickers? <laughs> it rhymes with stickers. Yeah, missed that field goal. Yeah. Um, West Creek led by 17 in the fourth quarter. Portland actually got back to within one and then had a field goal chance to win it at the end and didn't hit it. But uh, yeah, it's got to be a, a, a pretty good statement for Portland, though, that they can, they're not out of a game like that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Like you said, it's, it's, this isn't a region game. Hmm. Uh, you know, they proved that they, can, that they can put points up against a, a, a decent West Creek team. West Creek comes in and proves that they can – they brought their offense too. 
Yeah, and the, the question was when that, that Portland game was their defense. Going in, they played, you know, held Greenbrier to seven. You held uh, Edmondson County from Kentucky to six points. Uh, two games, you know, the two losses they've to four, at Forest uh, gave up 37 points. At West Creek, 51 points. Uh, so they can hang around with the best of them, obviously, when you lose by one and you give up 51. Uh, it's that defense right now. Their offense is really telling what they can do. Is now they gotta they gotta stop some people on defense. Yeah, they've got four of their last five in the region starting this week at White House Heritage. Then they play rival White House at home. Those two are massive to see if the Panthers are going to be in this race toward the end because October 18th they're at Springfield and that could invariably be for the region title. Yeah. Those those four games kind of really stood out to me. There were some others that are obviously notable, but. Uh, in the interest of time, we're going to keep it moving. And uh, we'll pause for this break. Uh, you are listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. So I went to the theater the other day and saw yet another remake. And it was okay, but in these days of remakes, reboots, and reruns, sometimes you just want the original. I know a place where you can find the originals in new and used music, stereos, and speakers. It's called On the Record in Lafayette. They have the best in vintage albums and CDs. Now, maybe you don't get to Lafayette that often, so how can you reach them? Well, they have Facebook Live auctions from time to time, so you can check them out on Facebook at On The Record Vinyl or call 615-888-6964. So several good candidates for Player of the Week honors this week. Interesting to sort through these numbers and and kind of see how these cats did. Uh, Scott, throw one out for me. How about Ethan Cash from Independence? 30 of 45 for 340 yards and two touchdowns in their win over Franklin. Hmm. Okay, good numbers there. Uh, I'll throw over Kamari McGowan, Middle Tennessee Christian, 266 rushing yards and four touchdowns and a 35 nothing win over Grace Baptist. I'm going to see your McGowan. I'm going to raise you a Jaden Hicks, four carries, 196 yards, two touchdowns. That's a 49 yards per carry average. I don't think we've had one in the 49-yard average area this year. But, uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Not trying to one-up here because I don't think I can with this one, but James Moore from Stratford, 21 carries, 217 yards, two touchdowns for Stratford. But I will, however, throw in Luther Richardson from Lipscomb Academy, 16-27 to 27 passing, 384 yards, four touchdowns, also had four carries for 24 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Well, how about – Two pair. I've got Marcus Collins and Trevor Griffin from Eagleville. Marcus Collins, 10 of 12, 288 yards, three touchdowns, plus three rushing TDs. And Trevor Griffin, excuse me, also from Eagleville, three interceptions, four four receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. We're doing a little bit different this week. We've thrown ours in the pot. Christian, it's your choice. Who you got? Man. Six total touchdowns for the guy from Eagleville. Three in the air, three on the ground. Yep. It's pretty Marcus good. Collins. That's, that's, that's pretty uh, consistent. Let's go uh, six touchdowns and half and half in the air on the ground. I like that. All right. Marcus Collins from Eagleville is our player of the week. We'll add his name to the illustrious list that we've compiled over the first half of the season. And I, I do I do want to say honorable mention, honorable mention, Thomas Day, Brentwood High School. Four field goals and the twenty-five to fourteen win over Ravenwood. There you go. So I would have given him a lot of consideration, but I've already picked. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did that for a reason. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we've already no, no, no. We've we've made it. The ruling has been made. Order in the court. I need a gavel. 
I'm gonna get. What could be the judge? That, see that that'd be a good idea. That'd be a good idea for another podcast. Chris, Chris, was that the judge judge Brooks. I could. That'd be get a good idea for another podcast. Yeah, I, I get that. I can do that. Still, the flamethrower take. The judge has spoken. I'm not wearing a wig though. Oh gosh, please no. I mean, this isn't England. This is not no, Parliament. no, you're not a barrister. No. No, no. No. Anyway, moving on. We, we, we got to get going. Uh, <laughs> so we had several good choices for our Mid-State Spotlight Game of the Week this week, and the smaller schools get a little love as they went out, Troutsdale County to Macon County, in a long-standing rivalry that's kind of been one-sided, but the way Macon County's offense has explored the last three weeks, it, it makes this an interesting game for a number of reasons. I think this has the potential to be a really, really good game. This game, this this series needs its own name. I'm not sure if the Highway 10 battle or, you know, I, I don't know what you call it, but it, it's always a it, – it is the game usually for both schools because they're separated by what, 10 miles? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 15 minutes depending on which road you go. And it's always packed. It's always uh, – it's always – People want to know. That's the game that people show up at, you know, on both sides. Yeah. So those it's going to be a good atmosphere. Those communities know each other very, very well. Those teams mm-hmm. know each other very, very well. And it, it's, it's like I said, it's been a bit one-sided in favor of Trialstow County, but the way the Tigers have, have played the last three weeks, they're remember, they're two possessions away from being 5-0. and oh. they, they really are. Yeah. And, you know, Trialstow's yet to solve their all their offensive issues, too. So – uh, yeah, this has potential to make making this. This is not not a gimme game for Trousdale. Bring a defense because there's a lot of offense between these two. Yeah, the, the way Macon played in the first two weeks, uh, it's a rivalry game. We've talked about this in past weeks. How rivalries can kind of get in a team's head. This is a game that does not need to get in Macon County's head because yes, it's a rivalry, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. For the playoffs, your your season is in the region. Now. Your, your goal this week is to get out of this game healthy. You want to win the game, obviously, and, and you can win the game, but you've got to get out of it healthy. Yeah, Coach Shoulders is just he, – he has to keep his team focused on what's important about this game. Might not count much for your playoff in November playing, but it would count for, you know, some uh, – get some nice pub around town if you able to – Pull off a win against Trousdale County. Really good for bragging rights. And the last time Trousdale County played at Macon County, Macon won 42-20. So, you know, a lot of these kids were on that team two years ago, so they can pull from that experience and, and see if they can possibly, you know, get out of there. And some of it would be an upset, but uh, who knows. We'll pick that game a little bit later on. But uh, we got to take a break. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We're back after this. Guys, I may have had one of the best sandwiches yesterday. It was awesome. I got it at Milo Coffee House in Portland. I know they're known for great coffee, but they also have delicious lunch options. If you're in Portland, stop by Milo Coffee House at 125 Main Street in Portland. Tell them the boys from 615 Preps sent you. Back here in the 615 Preps podcast, it's time for a little bit of a discussion about some, some mid-season surprises and, and things we didn't necessarily expect coming into the year. Um, we haven't shared notes or anything like this before the show, so... If we cross over, we cross over. But, uh, Christian, once you get us started, who, who's somebody who surprised you in the first half? Yeah, I'm going to go, and it's a team I just saw this past week, Summit. Summit, uh, they've jumped on everybody's radar in uh, 5A. They were impressive last year, but the thing was that they were doing it with a bunch of freshmen, and you, you just really can't put that much trust in the freshmen. Now those guys are sophomores, 
and you look at the Wade brothers, and they are they're so they're going to be good for years to come because they're so youthful. The, the roster it's not many seniors, and the seniors they do have they're big impact impact uh, players, but I mean they've they off to a five and zero start, best start in school history, mm-hmm. and they keep just rising in that pole in five A. So I, I think the Spartans are a really interesting team. Uh, I have uh, Lipscomb Academy. You can call it the Dilfer effect or whatever. This team was supposed to be a force in a couple of years. They were not supposed to be ready this year. Uh, you know, their only loss right now is to uh, Division II AAA Pope John Paul. Uh, uh, since you know, since then, they've won two region games. They beat a really good Page team. We're going to know more about this team on October 4th when they play CPA. But I think for right now, they are far uh, far ahead of where the expectations were for them going into this season? Oh, I would I would agree. I when you see that you would think that, you know, there there's gonna be an improvement. They just they weren't themselves the last couple of years. But what they've done from the get go, it's it's impressive. Yeah, they've had one I think one poor game. Other than that, they have played very well on both sides of the ball. Yeah. A couple of teams that I saw in the preseason and one of them has really turned out to, I think, maybe the surprise of the area is Stewart's Creek. Yep. And I saw them at Wilson Central, which was another one I considered for this exercise. But Stewart's Creek has really gotten it done. When they beat Mount Julian Week 1, they sent a message that you know, they're not rebuilding. They're, they're going ahead and, and getting it ready right now. Amari Jelks has been such a, a key contributor for them. Burt Brown's got his team believing right now, and they are a threat in that region. And, you know, they lost by 10 to Cane Ridge, but Cane Ridge, I think, was healthy at that point. And the, the second half is there for their taking for them. They've got McGavick, Overton, and Smyrna. That Smyrna game is going to be key to, as to what they do and what their playoff path is. But Stewart's Creek's going to the playoffs, and, and they, they're a really good team right now. To me, they're a surprise, but they're not going to surprise anybody in the second half. Oh, the, the surprise was off the board after week one. You beat Mountain Julie. <laughs> there's no more surprises. Yeah. <laughs> that was your one surprise. Yeah. yeah. Surprise. <laughs> um. I would I'd like to to mention a, a a team that most people wouldn't think of as an overachiever type, but you know Galton. Yes. You know, few yeah. people suspected. A lot of people suspected Galton would be a playoff team, but I don't think anybody thought that they'd be as dominant as they've been. You know, they're giving up four point two. Uh, was it four point two yards a game? No, that's the wrong four point two. Never mind. Scratch that. Back it up. Anyway. Uh, it's points per game average, four <laughs> two points per game average, um, and you know three shutouts. Their offense has been putting up obscene numbers on the ground, and you know they've gone so well that they've taken their relatively unknown back, and all of a sudden he's on radars everywhere. Yep, and they can do it different ways. They can play offensively. They can put up a bunch of points, a, a bunch of yards, or they can do what they did in the Mountain Juliet game and play defense, one seven to zero. They've got different ways to play, and they can beat you anyway. Could the overachiever be an underachiever? The answer is yes, and here's how. We've just seen the AP poll for this week in 5A. Gallatin has a first-place vote in it. They are not in the top ten, believe it or not. They are just outside in 11th. If I'm Coach Watson, I'm cutting that out and stapling it to the bulletin board. The team's ahead of them. Knoxville Central first. They've got 16 of the 18 first-place votes. Understandable. Beach has a first-place vote. They're 5-0 and as well. Powell is third. David Crockett fourth. Summit fifth. Henry County sixth. The only two-loss team in the poll. 
Seventh is Knoxville West. Kirby, eighth. Page, ninth. South Doyle, tenth. Page had 34 points in the poll. South Doyle had 32. Gallatin had 31. They missed the poll by one point. I think, but I, and, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying nailed up there from a, you know, nobody, nobody thinks we're any good. But it's a great way to keep you humble. You've not accomplished what you wanted to accomplish no. yet. And, and so by putting it up there, it's just a reminder that you have more work to do. And I, I say the underachieving part not because Gallatin's underachieved. They have not. It's these voters that have underachieved. <laughs> Why is Gallatin not in the top ten at this point in the season? I, did, I didn't see I, you going that yeah. way. It's yeah. these voters that have Sorry. underachieved. I totally, I totally misconstrued where you I, I was that. trying to figure out who's underachieved Yeah, who's, who underachieved? <laughs> it's these voters who've underachieved. I, 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 agree. I No, no. I agree with you. I do. I, I do. I think maybe the opinions are a little bit mixed. But it's not like Gallatin's not played anybody. I mean, they shut out Mount Juliet, for God's sake. I, I think Mount Juliet's start to the year doesn't help them. Now that Mount Juliet's 2-2, two and two, and yes, one of their losses comes from Gallatin. Uh, but it just seems like ever since week one, where but I, Stewart's Creek upset the Golden Bears, just, you know, it, but they haven't had the same look. It's a good point. But they, but, they, but they haven't squeaked by. They haven't done a 28-27 game. Uh-uh. Uh, they have dominated their games yeah. they have i mean they dominated lebanon they dominated hillsborough it's I, I agree with you there's something wrong with the tallies on that somebody needs to check the hanging chads somebody needs to you know check the voting machines whatever because something somewhere there was a voting problem they're probably they may get a little bit of help this week they're at wilson central but then again they're at hunters lane the week after that they they may be in the top 10 by the time they play Beach, they may not be. But if they keep winning, there's no reason why they shouldn't be. Well, there shouldn't, but I, I'm sure that that's not even on Coach Watson's radar at this Probably point. Probably not, but I'll say this. If Gallatin and Beach are unbeaten, they'll both be in the top five October 25th. I have no doubt in that. Oh, oh I, would, I would believe so. And I, I don't want to dog the teams on their schedule, but some, some of the teams that they've beaten, especially like a Lebanon, they haven't had the start of the year that they've had the last couple of years. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Hillsboro, they, they – Started out on a real high, but the last couple games they've, they've, they've had some hiccups. So some of the, the wins that when we went into this year were like, man, that would be a huge win if you could beat Lebanon, if you could beat Hillsborough. I don't think it stood – it hasn't had as much emphasis as we thought it would. And Hunter's Lane – we'll, we'll talk about Hunter's Lane for a second because Hunter's Lane has actually improved this year. The score, the record may not improve, may not show it, but they've played teams tougher this year than they have in recent seasons. So – now, Gallatin's got to take care of business against them. I'm not saying that Hunter's Lane's going to beat Gallatin, but Gallatin's not going to have to overlook them at all. But you know. Hunter's Lane's playing a little defense. You know, they they're not just a, they're not just a speed bump anymore. They they're put, holding some teams. Uh, they put up 20 points on White House. Um, that was a 12 point ball game. Uh, Beach just 38 to six. They're playing a little bit of defense now. It's not just. A, Let's get in here, get the win, and get out of here. Yep. They're, 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 they're an opponent. Okay, so we've talked about some surprises in the, of the first half. Who is kind of needing to pick it up to get where they really want to be? I'm going to bring up this team, and I don't, I don't know how they're going to be able to pick it up. It, it was all with the personnel, uh, Maplewood. It, it was just such a – with that, that roster they had the last couple of years, and uh, Bobo Hodges was such a critical, critical – player on that team uh they just haven't had the they haven't had the firepower that they've had the last couple of years especially on offense so uh, i think some of that's just due to the personnel they have currently 
but that's one team that this area we have talked about for the last two or three years, and we just we have not touched on them uh, because they, they just they're not the same as they have been. The, the back half of that region, you know, that region has swept. It's Region Four in Class A. They have swept Region Three each of the last two years. They're in danger of not doing that this year because the back half of that region is not very good. And they, they better be careful because whoever finishes fourth is likely going to Livingston Academy, and that's not a game that's necessarily winnable for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've got Clarksville Northeast. I know a lot of people thought this team could challenge Henry County in the uh, 7-5A region. Uh, and they have played a tough schedule, but I don't think anybody would think that they'd be at 0-5 uh, right now, 0-2 in their region, without playing Henry County or Clarksville yet. Uh, you know, they they did have some rebuilding going on, but it's taking, I think, a little bit longer uh, than expected, and it's not going quite the way that most people had predicted that area, uh, that team to 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 uh, to go. And a team for me that's got to pick it up is Hendersonville. Yeah, they they've really got to pick it up. They they've let a couple of games get away from them in the last couple of weeks. I mean. They're in danger of not making the playoffs if they don't get their act together. They've already played Station Camp. They've got that one out of the way. You know they'll get Rossview and Wilson Central and Mount Juliet in the back half of the season, and those are no longer sure things for them. Their last two losses, they lost both by one point. Yep. Right. And and we've touched on the beach one. It was a lot of special teams, but you got to find a way to win these close games. You had one at Lebanon. You had Lebanon on the ropes at Lebanon. And just couldn't find a way to win yeah, it. It's, they have to find a way to finish games. Both games they had the lead, lead late. Both games they gave up the lead yeah. late. It's a bad habit that they had better find a way to break in the next week or two, or, or they're going to find themselves sitting at home in November. And I'm going to bring up another one, and it's just it's just because of what they've done in the past. Is Mountain Juliet. Just, just looking at them being 2-2 two and two right now. It just doesn't seem right. They won 27 games coming into this year. It just it doesn't seem like the same team. Something's off, and I know they they got a really nice region win against Wilson Central this week. It just it seems like I don't know. The last three years it's just been oh yeah we expect them to win in the regular you season. Know, if we really look at it, we could just about call this entire region, with the exception of Wilson Central, mm-hmm. those other teams have underachieved. Uh, Lebanon's not off to where they want to be. They've been competitive in a lot of games, though, so, I mean, I think they can get moved a little bit forward. Hendersonville, like we said, has got to pick it up. You know, Rossview's 3-2, and two, but their win in the region's been over station camp, so we don't know what they've got, what they are right now. And, and you know what? Most of this comes down to going out and playing really good teams. The ones that have started yeah. a little slow, Lebanon, they're 3-2. and two. They're two losses at Gallatin and Mountain Juliet, two really good teams. Mountain Juliet, same thing. Uh, no, the Stewart's Creek one week one, we were like, oh, that's a little weird. Well, Stewart's Creek's turned out to be a good team. And who else? Gallatin. So it looks like Gallatin's yeah, yeah. Uh, the common denominator. Well, and, but you make a great point because as we're going through this exercise, the one thing I kept looking at, you start with records. You start with records. And you start, and then once you drill down those records, you start to see, well, that's a team that really should yeah. be better. But look who they played. Yep. Yes. You know, and, oh, this team has really got a great record. Oh, look who they played. Yeah. And you run into that, and are these teams as bad as, as advertised? No. Yeah. They just played better competition. Yeah, not, not all records are created equal in high school football. They're just not. It's, it's a product of your schedule, and it's not, not something you can really control. You, you play who you can play and who will play you. But Levin, their schedule in the second half, they've got a chance to, to prove themselves because they've got Beach 
at Station Camp at home against Stewart's Creek on senior night. Then they got Wilson Central and Rossview to finish up. They're they're going to prove themselves for the end of the year. Especially those final two, Wilson Central, Rossview. That's the two teams that were battling in the back half or uh, region four. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like – I don't ever think this might have been a problem, but just, you know what, going out these non-region games and just, hey, let's, let's get a win. Right. They're going out and facing some tough teams. They're not just yeah. – And we'll learn about Rossview, too. Their second half – Home against Dixon County, they're at Mount Juliet, they're at Lipscomb Academy, they're home against Hendersonville and Lebanon to finish up. Ooh. That's a pretty good little four-game stretch for them to get ready for the playoffs if they if they hope to make it. Yeah, and you, you know what? And ultimately what it comes down to is these tough games where you circle and go, oh, that's a tough game. Sooner or later, if you want to be in the playoffs and you want to stick around, you got to win them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you got you to win them. Yep. Well, it's that time of the week again. Who you got is up next. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Hey, just a reminder that Mid-State Preps Plus is looking for you. We currently have openings for sponsors on both the Mid-State Preps Plus website and the 615 Preps podcast. Contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details. Welcome back to the 615 Preps podcast. It's that time of the week again where we try to tell you who's going to win this week. And if last week was any indication, we're not good at it. <laughs> no. Most likely, we're going to tell you he's going to lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or or we're very, very possibly average. Yes. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, yeah. Impeccably average. <laughs> Perfectly <laughs> average. Right. How did we do last week? Uh, actually, y'all beat me. Everybody beat me. That's uh, first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully not the last. <laughs> hopefully not the last. My Lions were the only thing that was good about last weekend, so they won. That's the only thing that I got going for me there. But they were very good. Yeah. But, uh, I went four You've and six. You've suffered enough. I, oh, yeah, I would think so. But uh, <laughs> I went four and six last week, thirty-two and eighteen on the season, still in first place. But that leads a little slimmer. What's it? What's that lead look like? It's three games over the Twitter voters. The Twitter verse. The Twitter verse. The Twitter verse got a game on me last week. They went five and five. How far? How far behind? Uh, how far behind everybody? Am you I? are another game back in, in third place, twenty eight and twenty two after going five and five last week. Okay, this ain't gonna be good. Twenty six and twenty four for you, Christian. Five right and five last week. Right around five hundred, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this week is a chance to, to to get back on the hey a ten and the week would be really good for everybody. Just yeah, we're chasing yeah, yeah. we chase perfection yeah. around here. I did. Yes, I got a yeah, lot better it? shot at if you chase perfection. You're supposed to what catch excellence? Is that, is I don't know. It? You, may catch, you may catch something else. <laughs> <laughs> you may catch something totally different. I don't know. <laughs> speaking of which, a lot we are of we are airs. What you catch? Speaking of which, we are launching another podcast. It's a totally different podcast, and it'll be coming out a little later this week we'll just a little bit of a, a mini show of, of sorts but uh more about that later we'll move on uh the first one <laughs> pretty good one here we haven't mentioned these two teams at all this year hardly 4-1 columbia at 4-0 nolensville a non-reaching game between a 5-8 and a 4-a power uh nolensville 4-0 and i told them before the year that i thought they had a chance to win a state title they're quietly puttering along and, and still unbeaten the reason we haven't talked about them is because they are just destroying people. That, it's their closest win, the closest somebody's been to 18 points. Yep. They, they, they're just win after win to start the year. Uh, and, and they're also playing really good defense. Uh, most points they've given up is 14 this year to Watertown. I tell you this, I, I saw Columbia Central earlier this year. They are a really good team. they got some talent. 
They got a back in Christian Biggers. He's a really good back. And if they're going to stay in this game, he's going to have to have a really, really good game. I just don't think it's going to be good enough, and I like Nolansville. Yeah, I, that was the one thing I noticed about Columbia as well is that uh, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to control clock. They're going to keep, they're going to have to keep Gallardi and Kutras off the field, and that means Biggers and a lot of him. So, but I, I honestly just, I don't think you can bottle up that kind of explosiveness. Even though Columbia has a great defense, I'm going to have to go Nolansville. I think we're going to have a, a really good idea of Nolansville's potential in this contest, if they come out here and do what they believe they can do and take care of Columbia, then, you know, we got to start talking about them as a bona fide contender in 4A, and I, mm-hmm. I think they should be already. And I'm going with Nolansville on this one as well. And I, I was just about to say that I think Nolansville will be a team, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs, it'll be a team we talk more about. And like I said, we just we haven't had an opportunity to because they've beaten teams by 57, by 43, by 28. They just they're doing what they're supposed to, yeah. and you know they just they keep working. And this is a big one for them too. It's a homecoming game for them. Yeah, and right now their region's not providing a lot of resistance either. So you know, for the Knights, it's it's basically you know what do you want what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. But they're, uh, they're taking they're taking care of business. Yeah. yeah. CPA got its first win of the year last year. They traveled to Brentwood. It's Brentwood's homecoming. But it's it's not much of not, not a very good homecoming game for Brentwood. Yeah. They got to take care of business yeah. after a big win last week. Hey, I don't know who scheduled this team for homecoming. <laughs> uh, you know, you have two teams coming off a huge uh, wins. And the Lions all but bottled up uh, uh, Felter and his aerial circus, uh, shutting out the Wildcats, doubling their time of possession. And I really like the way uh, CPA's quarterback law stays in the pocket. I really think that he ha- is cool under pressure. On the other hand, Brent was off and it's kind of sputtered in the first half. We're getting on the board late. Grandzal's going to have to get rid of the ball really quickly. I'm going to give the edge to CPA here. Well, um, you know what? I, I'm interested to see how CPA responds. They get their first win, and you know that had to be a really big buildup for BJ with the points they were putting up. And you know what? And you look past this Brentwood game, and you got Lipscomb next. I'm interested to see how much CPA is putting into this Brentwood game. And you know what? Brentwood's been really good at home. They've won seven out of their last eight home games. I think this is a grinded-out kind of game. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what the Ravenwood game was like. And I'm going to take Brentwood. I think both of these offenses, especially CPA, after they got some, some rhythm on offense last week, I think this is going to be a defensive ball game, and I like the Bruins. In fairness to Brentwood, somebody had to be a homecoming opponent. I was, was going to be say. CPA. <laughs> I was about I to mean, say. With their kind of schedule, you know, somebody had to be a homecoming opponent. Unfortunately, it's CPA. I like what Brentwood did last week and just controlling tempo. They need to do more of that this week as well. Um, it's a lot of distractions. It's, it's an important week for homecoming and a lot for school spirit. It, it can be a distracting week for players, but – at the same time, Brentwood's got it all in front of them. They know they've got to start improving. And Granzo said that they hadn't played their best game yet. Right. So if they can improve on last week, I don't know that CPA will be able to, to keep up with them enough to to win that game. I'm going with Brentwood as well. The branch is awfully thin over here. but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's a, it's a tough game to pick. I just, I, I just think CPA is – uh, is starting to come back at the right time. I just, I just want that's my only question. Just you know, they, they, they their offense wasn't there the first couple of weeks. They just right. like I said, they scored more points last week than their total combined 
before that game. So I'm interested to see if they can go out and be competitive for a second week in a row. Yeah. If you don't go to a game Friday night, you can watch this one on TV. Blackman at Riverdale. Blackman 2-3, and three, Riverdale 4-1. and one. And Christian, who do you like and why? Yeah, you know what? I like Riverdale in this one. They made some corrections after uh, an upset loss to Smyrna. Uh, gave up 27 points to Smyrna. Did a lot. Uh, did a much better job. Uh, and you know what? This is a this is a matchup Blackman has owned lately. They've won the last eight meetings. But I I think this Riverdale team, they are. Uh, I think it's a little bit different than past years. I I'm going to go with the Warriors. Uh, can I be the old man for a second? Go for it. All contraire, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Um. I think Blackman uh, right now is they're they're riding the ship, and with a win here, they really do do that. And let's face it, their opponents have been very very difficult. Yep. Now, Drew Beam is starting to hit a stride. They've stared adversity in the eye. I think that uh, I think Blackman wins this, and I think they win it big. Ooh. I, I like Blackman because of that tough schedule. Um, we will find out more about Riverdale than we will Blackman in this game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I think the Blaze. This is a this is a a turning point in Blackman's season right here. If you come out and win this game and do what you've got to do in in a critical region game, you're setting up for for having your own destiny in front of you. If you come out and lose, not only are you not going to be in a position to win the region, you're not going to be in a position to have a home game in the first round of the playoffs. This is a crucial game for Blackman, I think more so than Riverdale, and I think the Blaze need it, and I'm going with them for that reason. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that was the, my reasoning too. I see, I agree totally. Fourth consecutive road game for Blackman. They've been mm. on the road for a long, a long time, time, and you know what? They got another huge one coming next Friday with Oakland. Yep. Yeah, and now one important thing for Riverdale is they are getting their starting quarterback back. He was sick last week. Uh, I just think that Blackman, it's almost a desperation. It's a, almost a playoff game for them. They have to have this. Speaking of teams that need to have it, we talked about Hendersonville in the last segment. They're 2-3. and three. They've lost two in a row. This is a non-region game, but Independence comes calling next week. This one, Hendersonville's got to find a way to tighten up and fast. Yeah, Hendersonville has to wonder what's going on. I mean, they're in an unfortunate spiral. I don't know if somebody's got a voodoo doll going or what, but – uh, you know, they've lost the last two games by two points. And, I, I, yeah, Independence, you know, Brian Cash is just a slew of weapons around him. and But they barely got by a desperate Franklin Rebel team. All, you know, the question is, is it going to be a wake-up call for them or is that indicative of what where their program's going? I, I don't know. It's really hard to take this one, but uh, – I think desperation wins this. I'm actually taking the commandos here. I agree. I agree. The, uh, you know what? I, I think defense is going to be a defensive ball game. And any time with one of these teams, especially in Region Six Six A, if you can try to slow them down, Independence with Ethan Cash, they want to just wing it all over the place. Mm-hmm. If Hendersonville can just win time of possession and get the points when they're there, you got to take advantage of special teams, field position, all that. They just got to get back down to the basics. They've lost to Beach by one, lost to Lebanon by one. You know what? They're at home. I like the commandos. It's my turn to step out on the legend this time. I like independence. I like the way Ethan Cash is playing. I like the way that offense is going. Hendersonville's going to keep this at least reasonable. But I think the quarterback play matters. And Ethan Cash, I think, is the better quarterback in this game. And he'll prove why. I think independence wins there. Yeah. Beach is 5-0, and going to Lebanon at 3-2. and 
another old non-triple-A rivalry here. And Beach wants to keep their unbeaten, unse- unbeaten season going. And Lebanon's going to try to stop it. Christian, go for it. I think Beach continues. I uh, No, Lebanon's kind of on the opposite side of the Hendersonville factor. They've won their last two games by one point. Uh, Laverne, they had a mishap on a uh, extra point in Hendersonville, the 21-20 win. I just I think the Buccaneers they're 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 legit. They're gonna keep that keep that streak. They're gonna get to six and zero. And I like Beach. Yeah, there's two great running programs. Uh, you know, Lebanon got it out a strong second half against Hendersonville. Beach basically had a walkthrough against Hunters Lane. Both beat Hendersonville by one point. If I look at these teams. <laughs> I'm thinking that uh, Breeze Copas <laughs> did I did I say something wrong? No, just the one point, the one point for him. Oh yeah, it seems to be a theme, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? I was, I was yeah. thinking, I was like, I wonder how he chooses that if it's one point for each team. Hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. And now you wonder why I put them in the order the way I did. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm totally confused and flustered now. No, um. <laughs> I think Brees Copas is going to be the difference in this game. I think it's going to be a passing. The passing game is going to be the difference. I, you know, as much as I want to take Beach, I think Lebanon actually wins this game. Ooh. Ooh. And evidently I've done something to either please or displease the boss over there. Well, I'm not going to say displease. I'm, just, I'm surprised that I'm surprised at that pick. I, good reasoning, I think, honestly. But, um but I think Beach is a better team here. I think Beach wins. Uh, just it's that plain and simple. I like what Lebanon's doing right now. But Beach is a top five team in 5A for a reason. And they're going to stay that way. Speaking oh. of top five teams in 5A, what Gallatin really should be. We talked about that earlier. They're 5-0 and, and and still unranked for whatever reason. They're at Wilson Central. This would have been a game of unbeatens, but Wilson Central lost to Mount Juliet last week to ruin that. Any chance of that happening? Uh Gallatin may have a little bit of a of a chip on their shoulder now, considering that uh, you know they're five and zero. Yeah, they've gotten some love, but you know I, I don't know that everybody's still taking them as seriously as they should be. Yeah, it's not the offense; it's the defense with Gallatin, and right now the defense is playing with pride and purpose. Uh, you know, it, for as many gaudy stats as that offense puts up and running and everything, this defense is just incredibly good. I think Wilson Central keeps it close early, but I think the running game of Gallatin uh, grinds it out. They keep the ball away from Wilson Central, and the defense shuts them down. I think that it's Gallatin all the way here. Yeah, I think this is a uh, – even though Wilson Central, they kind of spread it out and they're in the gun lot, they want to run it, and these both teams want to run it. I think it just kind of boils down to, if you're Wilson Central, can you stop Spencer Briggs? And that's kind of the question for everybody at this point. Right. And you know what? Nobody's done it, and I don't think uh, the Wildcats do it this Friday. I think the Green Wave move on to six and zero. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm taking Gallatin until further notice, you know, until somebody comes along and beats them. I don't know many teams that are going to beat Gallatin when they're playing right now. So I'm taking Gallatin to to keep their unbeaten streak going. We hop to Division Two AAA. Ensworth at NBA. Ensworth four and one. NBA two and three. You know, this one has the potential to, to be a, a really a really good ball game here. Teams have split the last four meetings. Last seven games have been one possession games. Uh, that, these games are just so tight. 
But I, I, I look at it and I just don't – I can't find where NBA is able to put up enough points with Innsworth. I just – I think Innsworth here, they go on the road to NBA, and I just I don't think that offense for the Big Red, I just – I don't think they're going to be able to put enough points just to hang around with Innsworth. I think this is a defensive game. I think that NBA keeps it close because of their defense. But Innsworth just has incredible team speed uh, across the board. Um I think that that's going to be the difference that Innsworth is going to find a way to make NBA one-dimensional, and then they're going to put the game away. Uh, I'm going Innsworth. Innsworth has scored at least 33 points in every game except last week's loss to Baylor. I expect that trend to continue. I think Innsworth hits the 30s again this week. I, th- I think NBA does kind of keep it about a two-score game, but I just think in the end, Innsworth will, will wind up pulling this one away and and taking a big region victory there uh, to improve to 5-1. and one. East Nashville at BGA. East Nashville 5-0. and oh, BGA 4-1 and one after their loss last week. Another one we could have had unbeaten, but it won't happen. Yeah, I don't think BGA rebounds this week. I like East Nashville. I think they're going to go on the road. Uh, Simpton Felter, look, I don't think they're going to be shut out again. That's the first time they were shut out since 2012. Uh, but this East Nashville defense, uh, they've given up 15 points this entire season. Uh They've got a really, really nice uh, defensive effort, and you know what? To go along with defense, they can put up some points too. This has got a this has got a chance to be a shootout, and if that happens, I think if it comes down to one final possession, I like East Nashville and what they do on defense. Yeah, shutouts in four of their five games. Uh, they are averaging three points per game uh, to opponents and thirty-four points per game on the offense. Uh, BGA, for all their theatrical, you know, their, you know, for all their good passing and everything else, I just don't see being able to get past uh, East Nashville this. Uh, the only thing that would probably get them beat is if East Nashville starts looking ahead. Uh, I don't think it happens. I'm going with East Nashville. I don't know that this is going to be an average game for East Nashville. I, I think BGA rebounds after what CPA did to them last week. Um, East Nashville, a, a very strong team in 3A. They've got uh, they've got bigger fish ahead of them. Uh, I do think that they win this game, but I, I expect it to be extremely close. I think East Nashville, say, I'm gonna say something like maybe 28-24, some something of that kind. That's fair. Uh, I think I think we'll make it three for East Nashville there though. Uh, East Nashville's region mate Pro Cone also five and zero. They host Hillsboro this week. And this this has this matchup is intriguing every year, but I think Pearl Cone might be the better team in this one. Just just from the eye test, from what I've seen so far this year. Well, they haven't shot away from anybody. No. I mean, you look at who yeah who they played. You know, they beat Kane Ridge in the opener and then followed it up with a big win at NBA. You know, Coach Brunetti's done an incredible job with some very young but athletic kids. Uh, I think they've outscored opponents like 145 to 40, uh, 145 points to 49, and Martino Owens is uh, really playing well. On the other hand, the Pros have had it just about as tough as anybody not having a home to play in, uh, playing some you know tough teams as well. I like Hillsboro here. I think the Burroughs win this game. Pearl Cone. And we brought this up earlier. They're coming off of a bye week. 
But they uh, they got an unforeseen bye week due to a forfeit, and I, I think that gives you a little bit of an advantage. Their defense, you know, haven't given up more than 16 points this season. You know what, Hillsboro, they've kind of they've kind of slid past some teams this last couple weeks. Uh, they lost a couple to begin the year at Endsworth, at Gallatin, uh, Kenwood, Glencliff, a couple easy wins. But I think uh, Pearl Cone here, I, I just I like what they do on both sides of the ball. I think the Firebirds get a win. Yep. With the exception of the NBA victory, Pearl Cone hasn't really been it hasn't really been in any close games this year. Um, I'm not going to say they were already looking ahead to this game last week, but I, I could certainly see them game planning for the last two weeks for this one. And uh, given the extra time and the extra rest, Pearl Cone's going to be ready to go and, and itching to hit somebody. And i got to say, Hillsborough not being able to play at home, it's got to wear on them. Oh. It's got to wear on them. It's a rough situation with their stadium not being ready to go. Uh, and TSU having, having some issues as well during the season. You don't want to think that that's a factor, but, I mean. It, you're, it's, a, it's a valid point, though. I mean, it really is. How much does it wear on you? My, my thing with Hillsboro, though, is that they're in desperation mode, I think. And I, that's why I'm going that way. But I'm sorry, Chris. I digress. I interrupted you. Please make your point. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going Pearl Cone. I think that they're the better team despite Hillsboro's desperation. I, th- I think Pearl Cone – having essentially two weeks to get ready for this. You know, they're going to be out there ready to go. And, and I think the Firebirds go to 6 go to six and 0. Uh, and the Burroughs, too, I'm not saying that they're just, you know, just going to go on Friday and get ready for next week. They got Beach next Friday, too. That's that's a huge, huge game for that region and how that lineup's going to look at the end of October. I uh, yeah, I, just, I just think Pearl Cone here, and especially that week off, especially it, and for those guys, those players last week, that's unfortunate that they didn't get to play. And I think they're, like you said, I think they'll just be itching to get out there and go play. Last one this week, Trousdale County at Macon County. Trousdale County 3-1, and one, Macon County 3-2. and two. Uh, We mentioned it earlier, the Tigers are two possessions away from being 5-0. and oh. uh, Trousdale County is essentially one possession away from being 4-0. Oh. Uh, these teams, I mean, they're rivals from a long way back. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think this game would be on the radar. But the way Macon County's offense has exploded in the last three weeks, albeit against a little bit weaker competition, it's at least made it intriguing enough for me to put it on here. Yeah, the last three games they beat opponents 173 to 27. That's They have found their offense. My question is, which Macon County are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that has been playing dominant on offense, or are we going to get the team that did not play well against a underachieving Westmoreland team? Um, the other thing you have to look at is Trousdale County. They're finding their offense now after being struggling early in the season. Team speed, defense. I could. See, I think Macon County is going to hang with them, but I think when it comes down to it, I just think Trousdale County has just too many weapons. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a twenty-eight to zero win for Trousdale County like it was last year. I think Macon County is going to hang in there. But I like Trousdale County overall in the end. Well, we're probably not going to get the weather that we got in this game last year either. It rained midway through the second quarter. This was a very close game. And then after the rain hit, Trousdale County took off and got that shutout. I think making elite scores this week. My thing is making County's mental state. It's a rivalry game, and those seem to kind of wear on them. They've lost two rivalry games this year because of some mental mistakes. And – Trousdale County's not going to do what they did two years ago, which is basically roll over in the second half. 
they're not going to do that this week. Trousdale's going to come ready to go. Even though Macon County's got some experience in this rivalry with the kids on that roster, I think Trousdale County wins a closer game than people think. Uh, a lot of a lot of Trousdale County think they're going to blow Macon County out, and that for good reason. But to me, I think this is a closer game than people think. But I like Trousdale County close in this one. So three for Trousdale County, and that does it for who we got this week. I know one thing. Next week, this, this leaderboard might look a, a lot different. Our yeah, picks are yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The, for the first time, I think we all went different on at least two games. Yeah, I'm, there there are some games out there that could definitely go either way. And, you know, truthfully, if you're out there, take whoever I did not pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're on Twitter. Not that you should, not that you should be betting on high school sports. Okay, don't get me wrong, but if you've got a little Coca-Cola on it, that's fine. Not a sponsor. (laughs) But if you are on Twitter, at 615preps, we'll post those, and you can vote on the winners this week and uh, see how you do against us. We'll review these next week, as we always do, and then have 10 more to try to pick. I'm looking forward to the playoffs because – Playoffs? Yeah. Playoffs? Playoffs. Yes, Jim Moore, playoffs. (laughs) But that's for another time. We got to close it out. Another great episode in the books. Next one is be will be our tenth episode. So I mean, we're bring still, the confetti, boys. Nobody's nobody's <laughs> fired us yet. No, no, we haven't, we haven't fired ourselves yet. So uh, that's something to look forward to next week. Uh, a lot of t- my my my, well, say, my 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 position isn't in, in inherent on my picking ability, evidently. No, you didn't sign your contract with that stipulation, so you know, you know, you should be thankful. Yeah, yes, so, I am. So should I, for that matter. But uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, that's it. We're done. Six One Five Preps Podcast. We'll be back with you next week. For Christian Caposi, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. So long, everybody. You hear their music every week on the Six One Five Preps Podcast, but we want to make sure and give a special thanks to Mama Tried for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. They can be found on our website at midstatepreppsplus.com. You can go and listen to their music and, and enjoy what they've been able to put out and, and help us with, with the website. And want to make sure we get that out and really appreciate them. Uh, we'll see some of those guys in Macon County this Friday as well. So thank you to Mama Tried. And we leave you with some of their music. This is 615 Preps Podcast. We will see you next week. See ya. Special teams. <laughs> Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.